And boy, did I miss this place. I did not miss the cold. It's like 95 degrees, very, very humid. And um, man, I'm just excited to be back here in the presence of God. How many of you guys are excited to be in the presence of God this morning? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey, listen, like you said, I come from Brave Church, and at Brave Church, we got a lot of Hispanics. And for all of the Hispanic community, I need you to know that the Hispanic community is one of the loudest communities that we have. So so, so when we're in service and, and we're preaching, and man, we can say the littlest things, and, and people will be falling out getting slain in the spirit by saying nothing. So listen, I need you guys to make this less of an observation service for me, more of a participation service. Can you guys do that for me today? Come on, come on, come on. Man, I'm excited. Hey, first and foremost, um, I just want to give honor where honor is due just to some very important people. First and foremost, my mentors, Lon Filippo and Jeff Dio. Thank you guys so much for making it possible, uh, getting me out here. Yeah, let's clap it up for them. You guys are incredible. I appreciate it. And um, also, I just want to give um, honor to my parents, my parents who are joining me here in the front row. Man, you guys are my heroes. Thank you guys for letting me fly, and thank you for also letting me fall, um, just so that I can learn how to get back up. Um, you guys are my biggest heroes um, in role models. And finally, I just want to thank North Central uh, for allowing me to be here on this stage. The last time I was on this stage was actually my freshman year. Um, and, and for those of you who remember, I, I did Mr. NCU, and um, I, I was dressed like Go Diego Go, and I stood right here, and one of my best friends, Sam Percaro, he, he was standing over here, and he had a leopard costume morph suit on, and, and, and we, 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 we were like, Diego, Diego, baby Jaguar, baby Jaguar, and, and, and it sucked because I got second place, and I'm still bitter about it um, to this day, uh, but thank God for redemption, uh, getting me back up on this stage. Can I get an amen, somebody? Um, something that you guys are going to learn about me is I'm like one of the most competitive people um, here on this campus. Uh, and I, I just want to thank another person, uh, but the person that uh, does intramural sports. Come on, intramur any intramural sports athletes here? Okay, thank you, intramural sports, for making me feel like an athlete, even though I was never good enough to be a college athlete. Um, and, and for those of you who have ever played intramural sports with me, you know I'm like the tryhard that tries harder than all the other tryhards. Okay, I, I take things like way too seriously, and I think that I get that um, from my high school experience. I was an athlete in high school, and, and I really wanted to be a football player, but then I didn't have the physique for it. And then I really wanted to be a basketball player, and I just really didn't have the physique for it. So all you skinny boys out there, listen, just take up running, okay? You guys are going to do just fine. Uh, so what I, I became is I became a runner. Okay, and, and, and I, I was like this really good track athlete, and, and I, I just ran fast. That's all I did. I didn't run distance, death to distance, people. I'm sorry. I love you guys, but God still loves you. Um, and so I, I was a sprinter, and I, I, I would just run the short races, and I had a love-hate relationship with race day. Okay, some of you guys have a love-hate relationship with, with test day or debate day. or I had a love-hate relationship with race day because on race day, it was my opportunity to display everything that I had been working up to like my whole life, right? I thought that I was going to be the next Usain Bolt. I thought I was going to be the next like super fast guy that goes to the Olympics. And so on race day, I would get like these nerves and these butterflies. Any nervous people in here, okay? No nervous people, good for you. I'm a nervous person. I'm nervous right now. And so I would get these butterflies and, and I, would, I would put in my headphones and, and some people they have to listen to like hardcore banging rap on, on game day okay like the basketball team I, I assume Joel like you listen to just like banging rap I don't okay I, I would look mad and I'd have my headphones in and I'd be running and people were like oh man he must be listening to some bad and I'd be listening to like some Jack Johnson there's no combination of words I can put on the no Okay, never mind. No, no Jack Johnson people. Man, I thought I should have been on Worship Live, whatever. Um, and so 
I would listen to Jack Johnson, and on race day, uh, there was this moment that I would get up, and, and I would take off all my stuff, and, you know, we'd, we'd wear, like, those super awkward, tight things, and, and we'd get up there, and we'd, we'd get into our blocks, and all of a sudden, we'd go, and, and I, I brought my blocks here. I got my blocks right here. Man, some of you guys are like, dude, this dude is crazy. Yeah, I am. Um, and so I brought my blocks. And so the, 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 the gunman would say, runners to your mark. He would always sound like Jesus. I don't know why, but he just would. And so, and then I, I would be on the back and I'd be like, oh, snap. It's about to go down, bruh. And so I would walk up to the blocks, right? And I had this routine. Everybody, you know, like we all have those routines, like the pre-test day routine. You stay up late and study all night. And, 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 and we, we all have these different routines. And so I would be back here. Oh, snap. It's about to go down, bruh. And I'd come up, right? I still remember it to this day. It was one hop, twist, twist, high knee, high knee. High knee, high knee, down, left, right, push up, back, back, and get set. And then there was a moment. There was this moment right before the gun would go off when I would be set in my blocks. And I would be on my knees, and the guy would say, get set. And then, bow. And it was always those words, get set. Everybody say, get set. It was always those words that would get me because it was in that moment that I would understand that what was about to happen next was about to change my life forever. It was, it, was, it was in that moment that I understood what was about to happen next was about to change my life forever. There are some of you guys in this room that you guys are in a get set position. There are some seniors that the, there, there's a moment right before the gun is about to go off right here today, and he's saying, get set, because what's going to happen next is about to change your life forever. Get set. Everybody say, get set. It may seem silly to you that I, I treated that like so seriously, those words, but I want to ask you today, how seriously do you take the moment before you meet with God? How seriously do you take the moment before the gun goes off and God does something powerful in your life. North Central, I think that there was a clear expectation that when the new president transitioned in and it was his freshman year, I think there was an expectation that the spiritual climate of this school was going to rise to a level that we have never seen before. And in, in one year, in one year of, of me being here and, and experiencing, I've seen the spiritual climate go to a level that we've never seen before. But I want to ask you this question today is what are you expecting now? Where is your expectation today? Because with the spiritual climate that is rising, there is an expectation that also needs to rise. And today I want to talk about the word expectation. Turn to your neighbor and say, expectation. Mm. Expectation. Uh, expectation is defined in the dictionary. A strong belief that something will happen. A strong belief that something will happen, also assurance and anticipation. I think a lot of times we like to live our lives very linear. We, we, we're born, we grow up, we go to college, we get married, we get a job, we, we retire, we live in a successful life. But something that I want you to remind you today, and as, as I was a track runner, I realized that what we live our lives in is not a marathon, it's a series of sprints. We live our lives in a series of sprints, and a lot of times we like to think of the destination, where we are going, rather than our hearts and how prepared we are for those destinations that we're going to reach. And so today I want to ask you, are you ready 
Are you ready? And how seriously do you take that moment before you meet with God? Man, can we be a generation, North Central, that isn't taken by surprise when a move of God happens? Can we be a generation that isn't taken by surprise when a move of God happens? I think a lot of times in our society, people like to drown out what God is doing. People like to drown out the miracles that are taking place. People like to drown out what he's continuing to do. And they say, oh, where is God? Man, we need God. Can we expect that God is doing something even right now in America and across the world? I want to talk to you today from Acts 1, 6 to 7. It says this, that then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. In verse 12 it says this, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present, all the disciples, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Expectation requires two things today. I just want to give you two nuggets, and then we're going to get out of here, and you guys are going to go eat lunch, do whatever you do. Spiritual expectation requires patience. Everybody say patience. How many impatient people do we have in here? Yes, I love it. I'm an impatient person. I, 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 I'm just like terrible. Like my wife, she, she, my wife, my beautiful wife, Whitney Reeves. Can we clap it up for her, man? Uh, quick side note, quick side note. Uh, she was actually the senior speaker two years ago, so now we can say it runs in the family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a legacy that we live, so we're going to have a little baby. He's going to be the next senior speaker. Um, but my wife, man, when I come home from a, from a long day at work and she just throws her stuff everywhere, I'm not a patient person. I'm like, woman, pick up your stuff right now. No, I'm joking. I don't say that. Believe me, I do not say that. She would smack me upside the head. But I'm just not a, I'm not a patient person, okay? I remember when I, was in, uh, when I was at North Central, I was a manny, not a nanny, because I'm a man, so I was a manny, not a nanny. I was a manny. And, 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 and I had a little girl. She was a beautiful little girl. And I will, I will never forget the day that her anticipation outgrew her patience. And one day, she came up to me with those eyes. <sighs> And you know, five-year-olds, they don't really like to say that they got to go potty, right? But you can just read it all over them. So she's like, do the potty dance. And so she's doing the potty dance, and I'm like, yo, what's going on? And she's like, I got to go. I got to go. And so I was like, okay, let's go to the bathroom. Hurry. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And so we're running, we're running. She finally gets in the bathroom. I'm like, yes, we did it. (laughs) Glory to God. And so all of a sudden, her brothers come up to me. And you know, brothers can be like conniving sometimes. And so her brothers come up to me, and they're like, <laughs> you need to go look at the bathroom. And so I was like, oh, dear Jesus. And I start praying in tongues, and I'm walking over to the bathroom and stuff. And, 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 and I open the door. <laughs> and I start, I start doing my dance, right? And there was a dookie on the ground three feet from the toilet. Okay, now for those of you who know me, I don't do well with Dookie, okay? My wife, she does fine with it, okay? I got a nickname for her. I call her Dookie Foot, okay, because she's, she's always got Dookie on her foot for some reason. All right, doggy duty, whatever. And so there's Dookie on the floor. 
And I start freaking out. I was like, ah, mama. And so all of a sudden, I start, I start, I like start turning. And I'm just like staring at it, right? Because when there's poop on the floor, you just can't stop staring at it. So I start staring at it. And all of a sudden, I, I, I turn around. I'm like, ah, there's Dookie on the walls. Then I look at the toilet, and there's poop on the toilet seat. So what happened was, and this is just what I think, is what happened was, I, I think that she just kind of, when it happened, I think that she went into what I like to call the sprinkler effect, right? Where she kind of just like tried to look at it, and then it was like, ah! You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I want to tell you this today. Don't let your anticipation outgrow your patience, okay? That story all to say this. I love what Jesus says to the disciples because he says, hey, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus says this. He says, hey, don't worry about the times and dates that my father has set in his own authority. How many of you guys know even Christians like to be God sometimes? Huh? Even Christians like to be God sometimes. And so often we're a generation that needs to know the facts. And the only issue, though, is that faith is not built on facts. It's built on blind obedience. It's built on blind obedience. Can we be a generation that is not so concerned with what we are doing, but how prepared we are to do what God wants us to do? In track, there's a rule called the false start rule. And, and what happens is if you go off, if you leave your blocks before the gun goes off, then you're disqualified from the position in your race. I want to tell you one more story. Is, is about two years ago, I, I fell victim to this false start mentality where I said, you know what, I'm going to trade off uh, my, my preparation here at North Central and, and I'm going to give in to my anticipation that is drawing on my heart because I thought that I was too good for this school and I thought that I needed to be doing something different. So I, I actually dropped out of college and I went to a different college in California. And, and, and it was the worst decision of my entire life because it was in that moment and as I was sitting in chapel at the other college, I realized, man, I just false started. And I took off from a position and I disqualified myself from a position. But how many of you guys know we serve a God of second chances? Come on, somebody. We serve a God of second chances. And I want to I, I tell you this as a testimony today that sometimes your anticipation can outgrow your patience. And the biggest mistake that you can make on this campus is trading discipleship, your discipleship right now, for leadership. The biggest mistake you can make is trading discipleship for leadership. And just like Kendall, when our anticipation outgrows our patience, things get real bad. There's a preparation in all of us that's required to reach a new level of spiritual expectation. And that's number two is expectation requires preparation. Expectation requires preparation. It says this in verse 12, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. It's so funny to me, and I love what the disciples do right after they receive this new assignment from Jesus, is they go to their house, and it says this, that they constantly pray. They constantly pray. Prayer is a foundational element of who we are, but even more so, consistency is a foundational element of who we are as Christians because consistency breeds expectancy. When you do anything at a consistent rate, all of a sudden you can start to expect the outcomes of the things that are going to start happening. Hmm. Before you can expect anything, you have to be consistent. Listen, how many of you guys are expecting a raise at your job? Huh? What's it going to take? The C word? Come on, say it with your chest, people. 
Good. Listen, if you want a promotion at your job, what's it going to take? Thank you. If you expect to not have to eat at McDonald's anymore, then you need to work a consistent job. If you want to get back here at North Central with good grades, then you need to do your homework at a consistent rate. Pray for me. Ooh, that one hit me in the heart. <laughs> Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. That one got me. Ooh, God, you're good. Consistency. How many of you know that when we are consistent in anything, we soon find a rhythm and can determine the outcome of what happens next? I love track because track is so spiritual. It's not just the best sport in the world, but it's a spiritual sport. That's why people use it all the time. And so in preparation, uh, we can determine God's outcomes, and the disciples understood that. And so what the disciples do is, is they go back to their house, and the first thing that they do is they go to pray. Everybody say pray. I want to ask you, how deep is your prayer life with God? I'm not saying like, man, you pray before meals and you pray before bed and you pray when you wake up in the morning. But how deep is your prayer life with Jesus? Did you know that prayer is foundational because without prayer, we don't talk to God. And if we don't talk to God, then we don't have a relationship with God. Prayer is foundational. And this is something that the disciples knew. They understood that before they could see God, they had to be on their knees before God. Sit down. Be humble. And all of a sudden, they began to find their, their pregame routine, right? Their pregame routine, their preparation. So they would step up, and they'd be like, oh, snap, bro. It's about to go down. Bow, bow, stretch, back, back, back. And in their, in their blocks, it's funny. It's funny. I love track. A track is so spiritual. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Because there's a position in track that we take, almost the same position that we take in prayer. And as the disciples are, are, are locking into their blocks, they realize that, that, that prayer is what is going to prepare them for the promise that God is going to put in their life. And so, and so they get down. And then God says, hey, get set, because what's about to happen is actually bigger than what you're expecting. And so he, they put their hands down. And all of a sudden, they begin to press in. They begin to press in. And all of a sudden, they begin to feel this tension that happens. I want, I want to say this to you today, that just because a door is locked doesn't mean that it's out of service. Maybe what God is waiting for you to do, and, and everybody in here, everybody in this room has something that they need from God today. What are you expecting from God today? Just because your door is locked and just because you've been pressing in for a long time doesn't mean that it's out of service. I think what God wants to do in this moment, and also here at North Central, this isn't just a personal message, but one that I want to spur on this college, is that the issue is not that he can't fulfill your order. The issue is that he needs you to be ready for the overstock that is about to flow. I love it. I love it because in Scripture it says this, hey, the disciples are calling out. And I'm actually going to invite the band up right now. The disciples asked Jesus, Hey, is now the time that you're going to restore Israel? And I love his response because he, he says that and then he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You see, what the disciples were looking for was Israel. But what Jesus was looking for was Israel, and he was also going to give them the ends of the earth. Maybe sometimes the season of waiting that you are in is not to just withhold what God wants to give you, 
But he wants to make sure that you're prepared for an extra outflow of everything else he wants to do in your life. I love that song, Let Faith Rise Up, because I believe that there's a, an increased faith that is continuing to rise on this university. Listen, some of you in this room may have been praying for a long time, wanting to see God do something, maybe on this campus, maybe in your own life. And I'm here to tell you today, don't stop pressing in. Don't stop pressing in. And get ready because the gun is about to go off. And there is a moment, a split second, that God is looking for not know-it-all Christians but ready disciples. People that are ready to say, man, God, whatever it is, I don't need to know the time. I don't need to know the date. I just expect that you're going to do something big here. Some of you guys have been praying for a job. He doesn't just want to give you a job, but he wants to give you a platform to speak and to glorify his name. Some of you guys need a financial miracle to see, just see next semester. He doesn't want to just bless you with next semester. He wants to bless you for the rest of your college experience. I'm telling you this, young people, and, and, and this, is, this is me being on the outside looking in. I get excited, man. I get excited when I'm in the presence of God. I'll never forget... Um, Pastor Witt and I were um, getting married, and we were looking for a job. And um, we, we just stepped out in faith. And we said, God, we don't know what you want to do, but we just expect that you are who you say you are. So would you just bless us in this time? And out of nowhere, this church called us, and, and it was from Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida was never on my radar. Okay, it was always like New York City, California, like all other college students. And so Miami, Florida calls us, and we were like, what in the world? And it was funny because Jesus was up to something. Because Jesus knew I didn't just need a job, but I needed to be ready for a master plan that he was putting together. And so we get down there, and just a month after us being there, um, there was a shooting at Parkland High School. A shooting that took the nation by storm. That was 20 minutes from our church. And as kids began to come to our service that Wednesday night, tears were just streaming down their face. I'll never forget it. And, and then the next day, it was one of the hard, hardest services I've, I've ever had to be a part of. And then the next day, my students were texting me and they were like, hey, I'm scared to be in school. I don't know, like, can you come pick me up? Like, my mom says that I have to stay here. And it broke my heart because it was in that moment that I realized everything that I was doing, I took for granted. Everything that I was doing here at North Central, I never knew that it was in preparation for what monumental thing was about to happen in my own life. After that, we were driving to work, and my wife, we take this very specific road every single day, and there was a new bridge that was built. And 10 minutes before this incident happened, my wife actually drove under this bridge on her way to the church. 10 minutes after she drove under that bridge, the bridge collapsed, killed six people underneath the bridge, smashed their cars. 
a bridge that was just built. And, and, and my church and, and all of us, we went out and we just, we just prayed for people. And, and, and I tell you all of these things because you don't know what's on the other side of the gun. When the gunman is standing up here and he's saying, runners, to your mark, get set. You don't know what's going to happen after. The only thing that you can expect is are you going to be ready to respond to the voice of God? Come on, North Central, listen, I need a school. We need a school. America needs a school that says, God, I am ready. Send me. It doesn't matter. I don't need to know the details. I don't need to know the times. I don't need to know the dates. I just want to be ready. Right now, there's two people in this room. And we're just going to have an open altar time. And, and, and if you, if you got to go, you got to go. That's cool. But the first person in this room is... The person that is at the blocks, and maybe you feel like you've false started. Maybe you feel like, man, I just, you know, I'm too good for this school thing. You know, I feel like I could be doing other things. Or maybe you're at your church, and you're in a position that you don't really like, and you're saying, man, I could do it better than that person. And all of a sudden, your anticipation is beginning to build, and you're saying, you know what, God, I just don't need you right now. I'm just going to take off on my own. Did you know that Christians do that too? Christians do that too. I did it myself. I want to tell you today that even though you may have false started, there's another race and another assignment that God has for you. Number two is this, the people that have been praying and pressing and pressing and pressing and all of a sudden you begin to feel the strain and the stress and so you fall back on your heels. There's a God that wants to meet with you tonight and the gun is about to go off. I'm telling you, God wants to take your greatest struggle and produce your greatest strength. He wants to take your pain and turn it into his next promise in your life. So would you keep pressing? The third person is this. You're really hungry and you want to go eat lunch. We're going to pray for you too. So right now, I just want to sing. And I want to turn this place, just like the disciples had a house where they constantly prayed, I want to turn this altar into a place where we just chase after God. And we press in. So with everybody standing up, would you? There is a faith that is rising up in this school. There is an expectation that is rising up in this school. There is a group of young people that are about to charge the world for Jesus. What did you expect? What are you expecting God to do in your life? Hey, on account of three, we're just, I'm going to pray, and then, and then we're going to open up this altar, and we're going to call it a day. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity to bring the message of God to you. Thank you, Lon, and the team for having me here. Um, so let's pray, and man, let's just chase after God. Dear Jesus, we honor you in this time. We honor you in this time. God, we thank you that you are not too far, Jesus, but you are right here in this place. God, I just lift up all the people right now, God, that feel as though they've false started, God, and feel that, that the anticipation is growing, God, and they can't hold it anymore. And they've actually let their anticipation deter them from your will. God, would you draw them back to you in this moment? 
And for the second person in this room, God, we just pray and we lift up everybody that has been praying and pressing and praying and pressing and praying and pressing, God. We know that you want to do more than we can even expect, God. So right now in this moment, God, would we pray less about what we want you to do, God, and more about our hearts being prepared for the overflow and the overstock that you want to put in our lives. We thank you and we love you, God. We lift up North Central to you right now, Jesus, and we say have your way, God, in the the future years to come, Jesus. God, we are your servants and we are ready. The altar is open. Let's chase after God. Amen.